Welcome back to the 4A Baseball Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I think we just witnessed the best baseball of our lives. And I don't think that's selling it short. We have seen some of the greatest baseball games we've ever seen on the end of the World Baseball Classic, ended with uh, arguably the greatest bat we've ever at bat we've ever seen. It had some good moments. It had some great moments. And Japan was victorious. How are you guys doing today? Doing good. I think that was one of the that, that was just life-changing for me, especially as a baseball fan that's grown up watching this game since I was a kid. It's just, I don't know. It, it really did catch me off guard. I didn't have that high of expectations, and it, and I think it really exceeded everyone's expectations this year. Stavs, how are we doing? Uh, I was excited to watch it, and it lived up to the, lived up to the hype. It really did. Um, I think I think through pool play, it was kind of, people were like, oh, this is, this is fun. And then as we ramped up in the corner finals, semis, and obviously the finals, Everyone just got more and more into it, and it really only got better. Agreed. I think the way I want to structure this now that I've just been thinking about it, um, like we talk about the pools a little bit, and I kind of want to talk about like the World Baseball Classic as a whole to just kick it off. Like there was a lot of negative feedback originally on Twitter, like people saying like, oh, this is interrupting spring training. This is just ex- exhibition games. Like this is one of the best things for baseball in a very, very long time. Yeah, and you look at you look at numbers. I mean, this thing has done more numbers than I mean, like past World Series. You know, like it's on the world stage. It's very good for baseball because it's bringing in millions more people. I mean, you could talk about all the comparisons they did. I mean, ninety eight point four percent of Japan was watching last night. That's just one of like several statistics that just blow your mind. Something you haven't seen in, in any time in baseball except for now. Yeah, and like we sold as. In the World Baseball Classic, right? Just in pool play, they sold 1.2 million tickets. That's more than some MLB teams make in an entire season. That's crazy. I mean, I, mean I, I don't know how the MLB could capitalize on this like more because you need the 162 game season and you need the long drawn out out stuff like that. Just because that's that's how you have to play the game. And and it sucks because the best part about this was the urgency of each and every game. And it's something that we can't capitalize really until like uh, until September, October. Right. So it's unfortunate. I hope the players bring some of this energy back to their teams in all honesty. Like I, I yeah, hope I, Mike yeah. Trout and Shohei Otani go back and be like, all right, guys, I don't want this to just be a poverty franchise for another 162 games. Like I, I want to feel that. Um. I definitely think I, – I mean, I think they have to, right? And I think Otani, both Otani and Trout – I mean, Trout's kind of locked in for the next, what, like how many years does he have on that contract left? Like he signed it after 2018, so like eight years. So, years. yeah, he's locked in for, I mean, the rest of his prime pretty much. I mean, Otani could be out after this year if he really wants to, which I think everyone's pointing to him wanting to leave. But, I mean, we could – this could have very well been the last time – I mean – until 2026 that we see trout in a high stakes game yeah yeah i mean <laughs> it's true I mean, it is plain and simple i mean that's that's how it is i mean the angels did some offseason moves to you know put them in contention so maybe they'll have a wild card spot this year that's still kind of a stretch considering the teams that are in this league now but yeah i mean seeing mike trout on the big stage like that is just something we're so deprived of because you know you don't see that that often he's on the angels you know yeah, and I think this demonstrates you put your stars on the grandest stage and they will come forth. The fan, you, you, If you build it, they will come. That's the Field of Dreams quote, right? Like, 
you build this fantastic tournament, this great thing where all your stars are in it. There's millions of fans watching. There's nationalistic pride. Like you genuinely want to win every single game. It's not some slapdick game in the middle of July. Like it means everything means something. You can't just slouch for a game. And that that's what we saw. We saw emotion. We saw competitiveness. We saw sadness. We saw like we saw brotherhood. We saw unity. We saw people playing baseball because they loved it. I mean, yeah, that's just something you don't you don't see that that often. I mean, you see it in the playoffs, but like, I I almost like the fact that they weren't playing in series. They they were playing in these one game back against the wall elimination games. I mean, anything can happen. I mean, the Dominican Republic. We were all talking. It's like one of the best teams assembled. Obviously, you guys didn't pick them, but um, we'll talk about that later. Um, but I mean, they lost two games and they were gone. I mean, they didn't even get a chance to play in the uh, in the in the in the bracket. I mean, at the end, you really. It, there's so much unexpected things that happen this time. And I think that's what made it so much fun. I mean, even in the playoffs, you know, random stuff happens, but this was different to me. I feel like there's so much that caught me off guard. And I think the basic fan would have expected something, you know, more bland, but this was just so interesting. I mean, the the best part of it was like the matchup at the end, the the last out of the last game was what we all wanted. It was the exact matchup we all wanted from day one for the past two weeks. This is, that was the end goal that a lot of people wanted, and it literally happened. The script, the script was perfect. Yeah, and like th- nothing better could have happened for baseball or growth of the game. I I heard stories today, just like throughout my day, right? Or people who are casual baseball fans or diehard baseball fans were either watching the game or like in another room or something on their phone, just checking out something, and they saw it on the notification: Shohei is in, Trout is due up third. And they ran to their TV. Because you can't miss that. I mean, like, even, even like, a couple of our buddies were, like, we got a text from them last night, and he was like, Trout versus Otani. The, the kid that doesn't watch baseball. He doesn't like baseball. He doesn't care about baseball. But he turned on the TV to watch Trout versus Otani. Crazy yeah, what was, happens when you put I was your opening stars up Snapchats. I was, yeah. I was opening up Snap last night, and everyone was sending me pictures of their TV watching the game and these are guys that I'd never seen even touch baseball before it was it was strange to see but last night was I mean even the night before those are two of the best baseball games back to back that I've, I've seen in my in my life probably um it's just a gift man I mean you really got to take it like that I, mean, I don't it, think it, they could have done better I I definitely agree and it sucks that there's still people out there that are looking down on the world baseball classic and because like today there was uh it was Stephen A. Smith and Mad Dog were talking about on ESPN and and Mad Dog's like this isn't an epic at bat it doesn't matter it is huge it is literally on the world stage the biggest of big that you can get and you have the best American facing the best Japanese player there's nothing more for for national pride there's nothing more important than that right yeah nobody is on base so if he did if Trout ended up hitting a home run there it's a tie game. But if Trout hits a home run there, it's a tie game and the momentum shifts. Whole new ball game. Exactly. Like, you can't say this doesn't matter. Trout strikes out 175 times plus a year, but he's only done it once, first of all. Um, I believe that was in his quote. You yeah, can't – is if you're supposed to be a representative, this guy who, who makes a career off of baseball in Christopher Mad Dog Russo, right? Like, your career is – baseball and the 
biggest players in your sport are on the grandest stage of them all, and you're you're downplaying it. You have to understand this is the biggest baseball moment any of us have ever witnessed. It's the first time we've been able to say the two best players in the world are facing each other head to head. I was standing up. I stood up. Did you guys stand up? I was I standing up. up. I was. I, I got my I hands in my head dead, like this, but... man. I, I, okay. And this is this is a question. This has nothing to do with anything. But did you guys hear music? They were playing music, yes. like this dramatic music, on purpose. <laughs> they should do that more often. I'm not even kidding. Like in in like these super high stakes scenarios, they should just start playing this like very subtle music in the background. You heard it, Stevs. It wasn't. It wasn't in my head. It, I mean, sure, it was a legendary moment. It was probably like really amplified, but I heard the music. It was real. It wasn't just me, right? It wasn't. Just, I, no, I swear. You, it was, it we heard it. We heard it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> just, it's just the way you're explaining it. It's just, it was just so hilarious. Perfect, man. Um, it, it made it better. But but Mad Dog, Mad Dog's honestly, I mean, that's just it's a it's a terrible take. Like Trout has only struck out on three pitch, like he swinging swinging strikes on four times in his career, and. That, that was the fourth time. 23, 24. 24? There's 24 yeah. times. There's 24 but times? 24 out yeah, of like 6,000. Yeah, yeah, it's still impressive. Yeah. It, he's the best. He was the best. But this is the first time we've ever been able to witness the passing of the torch from one to two. Like Trout handing it, or I guess Otani, like Trout swing, ball go by, Otani takes it. Woohoo, Otani's the best player in the world. Yeah. I feel like it's been like that for a little bit now, but I feel like that really cemented it. You know, I like, think that you can point to that and say, like, this is when it happened. I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously, if Mike Trout came on the mound and pitched to Shohei, he would, it wouldn't look pretty – it would be pretty bad. But, like, there, there's no other way to compare the two because, I mean, Shohei's a, a two-way player. You can't have Trout come on the mound and just try and pump it by Shohei. That's not happening. But – in a, in a one-on-one matchup like that, that that truly shows how good Shohei is. That he strikes out the best batter in baseball, while also batting what like four fifty in the in the entire World Baseball Classic. It's it's absurd. I think the thing with this is, I'm not entirely sure this is true, but this might be the first time we've ever been able to say the best player in baseball is a pitcher. Kind of. Like he is, he is, but but, but he does. You've move, never been Bradley. able to. You've never been able to have the best player in baseball face the second best player in baseball because they've normally always been hitters, and yeah. they're normally in regular season, you know, non-important games where it's just like, oh, here's Sunday night baseball, Clayton Kershaw versus Joey Votto. Like, not that. Like, I'm just saying, it's I, not. I mean, yeah, you make a good point. I think I think if Mike Trout played Shohei Otani down the road when Shohei's on the Dodgers and it's like 2025 and they're going to play in the, like July 25th or something, no one – I mean, they're going to be watching and it's going to be interesting, but like it's a very low-stakes moment. This was the last out in the entire tournament. I mean, this was – it could not have been better. I, 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 I just I – can't, I, I can't even put into words how like lucky we got, you know? You know the odds of this happening? I mean, obviously they wanted to put him in the close, but versus Mike Trout – to be the last out too, that's like one in a million, man. It was just perfect. I don't. It, it was just perfect. They couldn't have written it better. <laughs> not not script. I'm not saying there's a script. All right, yeah, you guys script. ready to highlight some of the other stuff that happened in this tournament before we go back to obsessing on this finale? 
Let's get into the yeah. mid first. All right, I'll kick it off with like the Mickey Mouse pool. Uh, pool A, it was in this. I believe it was hosted in Taiwan. Yes. Uh, it really did. Like when we previewed this back at the beginning, beginning of the month, we said, you know what, this is kind of going to be the mid tournament, um, er, the mid bracket, and it really ended up being the mid bracket. It was Cuba, Italy, Netherlands, Panama, and Chinese Taipei, otherwise known as Taiwan. And to add to the mid, every single team went two and two. They both won two games and lost two games. Uh, it ultimately ended up being Cuba and Italy. Uh, who? Which one was had a Italian moving on again? Just trying to remember. Oh, weird. Brad. Nope. Yeah, hi there. Uh, Vinny Pasquantino, Major League Baseball legend. Basically, even though everyone had the same exact record, Cuba and Italy allowed the most or allowed the least amount of runs in the most innings played. And the tiebreaker, for some reason, I didn't like wasn't head-to-head matchups. I kind of would have preferred it as head-to-head matchups and then that tiebreaker. But you know what? Nonetheless, they both moved on. And as you'll hear in a little bit, it didn't go great for them when they moved on. Yeah, it's hard to play those powerhouses. I think think one team that disappointed here was Netherlands. I think a lot of people did expect them to move on. I mean, there wasn't really a standout team in, in in this pool, but like, if anyone was going to stand out in this pool, it definitely should have been the Netherlands. I mean, I mean, the Netherlands Cuba had too. the heavy hitters. The I think the I think because I think I had Netherlands and Cuba, if I remember properly. I don't I don't quite remember. I, but you definitely both had. We've all we all had Netherlands. I know we all had the Netherlands, and I mean the Netherlands had the most. I think in this pool at least the most MLB talent. Um, and it's just I mean it sometimes it just doesn't click right. Um, and I think. If you look at maybe a different type of tiebreaker, maybe they move on, but the cards didn't fall their way this time. And Taiwan, you don't think of Taiwan as a baseball hotbed, right? You see the crowd when Chinese when Taiwan was they were playing, like they were getting hyped. The crowd was out of their mind. Yu Chang had those huge home runs, and everyone cared. Everyone was on their feet. They weren't on their phones. Everyone was standing up celebrating. Like Thomas, that's a good point. What? That's a good point. Uh, the, the the amount of people on their phones, and I'll say even in the World Series or like playoffs, everyone's on their phone. Uh, there wasn't that many people on their phones for this tournament. I I you could see that everyone was locked in. I, I it was just interesting to see that. I think and especially I as it progressed clip. too. I think I saw a clip, and it mm-hmm. was someone hit a home run, and this dude kind of like had his phone in his hand. And he must have had his camera up, but he was watching. And as soon as the ball got hit, he flipped his cam or he flipped his phone up and started recording. Like, I don't know. I I guess I've I haven't been in that type of situation. I mean, I have, I guess, once if you want to count um the wild card game, but I, I would be there and I would be present if I, I wouldn't want to be on my phone. I wouldn't want to record the the I wouldn't want to record whatever it is because I'm going to have a, there's a thousand people around me recording it. The game is literally being recorded. Like you have the footage of what is about to happen. Why do you need a, your own recording of it? But I've also been on the flip of it now that I'm thinking about it. And we were recording, it was, it was the, it was the other Brewers game in the, in the regular season. And I was trying to record Trey Turner hit a walk-off and he he hit the ball just foul. So I've been on both sides, but now that I'm kind of like thinking about it, like I, I would rather sit there and experience the moment, especially for your national pride, and and I think I think Taiwan did that. I agree. You will always remember yourself being in the crowd. You'll remember the moment, 
if you want to relive the moment, watch it on TV. Watch the replay of it. Everything's digitalized nowadays. I appreciate that the fans were in the moment for almost for most of it. Tom, what yeah. happened in Pool B? Pool B. Um, just like we predicted, Japan uh, ran the show pretty much, and China did not run the show. Um, just you know, going flippy. Uh, Japan going four and zero. China going zero and four. Um, Australia went three and one. I think that was. I don't know. The, the second spot in Pool B was kind of up for grabs here. You had Australia going three and one, ultimately getting it. Uh, Korea going two and two, uh, not getting it. And then you had the Czech Republic winning one game and losing three games. This this was really the story of Japan dominating it. I mean, obviously, it, going into it, Japan was the favorite to come out of this one. But I think Korea disappointed a little bit. I think, especially considering that they had Australia, Czech Republic, and China in their division. It wasn't much to worry about, and I think a lot of us had Japan and Korea coming out, if, if not all of us, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah, but so, but the but the main thing that sticks out is obviously not the shocking things, but the the viewership on this on this pool was crazy. The Korea versus Japan game had sixty two million viewers on Japanese television. It it was it was something that that you don't you don't see that often. I, a lot of viewers you can compare the stats to the World Series, but on the big stage like this, it's so good for baseball because you have everyone tuning in, and you can compare these these moments back and forth. But but on the world stage, it's always going to be bigger. Uh, yeah, that's definitely true. Um, I, I think all of us are, are excited to watch it again in three years in twenty twenty six. Um, but I. I it was Australia was definitely a surprising team. I, I was I I didn't expect Australia to really do anything, and they kind of came out and kind of shocked shocked a lot of people. I guess you could say shocked the world if you want to go that way. But kind of stunned Korea, um, upset them, and and ended up making it out of the pool. Yeah, I'm right there with the whole Korea was really disappointing. Uh, it really never felt like they never dominated. I remember watching the Australia game, I think it was, maybe it was a really, I think it was an early morning one. And I, I was up for some reason. So I was able to catch like the second half of it. I just remember this Korean pitcher coming in and just letting up an absolute bomb, this Australian guy. And it felt like Australia wanted it more. And I think everyone, I hope everyone here wanted it. But it felt like the teams besides the United States that wanted it most were the ones that we saw make like have the most success. I don't I don't know if I agree with that take. I mean, we'll talk about it later. But in an interview with the uh, Dominican team, every single player on that team said that this tournament meant more than the World Series, and that did not work very well for them. I mean, obviously cool. they didn't make it out of pool play. So sometimes the passion doesn't translate. But sometimes obviously Japan is yeah. Sometimes I mean, you just get beat. You, yeah, you got to look at it like. Yes, you wanted it, but apparently the other team wanted it more, right? Yeah. If you want to go at it like that, like the Dominican Republic wanted it, but apparently Puerto Rico wanted it that much more. Edward Diaz put his knee on the line. He literally did. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it does go ahead. Steve, Pool C. All right. So Pool C, uh, we had the two heavy hitters, Mexico and the United States, winning it. Canada uh, being mid, uh, great, great Britain, sorry, forget the T, uh, great Britain went one and three and Colombia went one and three. Um, Mexico kind of shocked the U.S. and decided to beat them. Uh, United States was not really prepared for that. 
Um, the final po- final game in pool play was the United States versus Colombia. Uh, if the U.S. Uh, beat Colombia, there was absolutely no chaos that would ensue. That is what ended up happening. However, if the United States did lose uh, by three or more runs, uh, they were eliminated. Um, if the United States lost but scored nine runs, Canada moved on somehow. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it was. I mean. I think the most shocking part about this was that Mexico came out on top and was the winner of the pool. I think we all kind of expected the U.S. to to kind of run with it, um, and Mexico said no, not 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 so fast, and decided to 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 come out and play. And they played well. And it it like like we were talking about earlier, Mexico wanted it. Mexico fought tooth and nail to get as far as they did. You know, Randy or Rosa Reina, that dude just has a knack for the postseason. He lives for those moments. Like, Mexico showed up to United. I think the United States sleptwalked through the beginning of the tournament. And they got to Mexico and Mexico as a wake-up call. Like, they got they got rocked. It wasn't pretty. It was pretty humiliating in all honesty. And then, because here's this team that's supposed to be this juggernaut, and they just got wiped by Mexico, who I don't think had ever made it to a semifinal before. Yeah, and this Mexico team was was I think they were very likable, especially this year. There's a lot of characters on this team that I've like enjoyed watching. I mean, Randy's just got that dog in him or whatever. I mean, the the whole team really and like Stevens mentioned earlier, they they had a, a lot more passion than the United States coming into it. I feel like like Brad said as well, the United States was sleepwalking. And I feel like you can't even say the US was really kicked into gear in, until like I'm not going to say the the players on the roster were kicked into gear, but the problem is we didn't have any starting pitching. So if, if, if honestly, if, if, if I think this might be a wake up call, you know, the U S losing in the finals might, you know, inspire or motivate some good starting pitchers and you know, a Max Scherzer, Justin Verlander, Chris sale. They won't be in the league by then. Man, you that's want, right. These are, are all old guys. These are all old guys. Max Scherzer to come. Zach Gallen, Aaron Nola, you know, guys like that. On Corbin the younger Burns. Side, Corbin Burns. You know, hopefully that inspires Bobby Miller, them to Gavin come Stone. in. Patrick Corbin. What? <laughs> Dodgers <laughs> prospects. That was what? basically Daniel Bard right there. Um, Kyle Harrison. No, but, but basically what I'm saying is I think the people on the United States team on the roster – you know, had that motivation in them after they lost to Mexico. But it ultimately wasn't enough because the roster was made while they were sleepwalking, if that makes sense. They didn't take it seriously, so they kind of constructed the roster. And it wasn't even their fault that they constructed the roster like that. It's just they weren't motivated to join. But I think now they have that motivation. I mean, I, I think this – I mean, I think the, it, the World Baseball Classic has been growing slowly and slowly. We kind of need to get a little bit more on a consistent schedule because it was three years between the first and second, four years between the second and third, and then I think it was, what, three – no, it was four years between the third and the fourth, and then it was six years. Look, granted, there was a global pandemic in between, but hopefully it's a three- to four-year schedule moving forward, right? Um, and if they will, I think – I think more players will not only want to do it, but it's only growing and it's only getting bigger. So I think more people will want to do it. Right. And I think they, I think if they have the time to prepare, like they know every three years, I'm going to have to ramp up a little earlier Then maybe that'll help them in making that decision to join. Maybe I like that idea. I'm actually a fan of that idea. Are you, are you, wait, hold on. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you, you asked your question. 
No, this is completely unrelated. So go ahead first, and then I got you. You got it, Tom. Are you guys disappointed in Colombia? I honestly expected them to be better than Great Britain and Canada, and I'm a little bit disappointed they showed up at the bottom of this division or pool. I mean, in terms of talent, they're probably about middle of the pack, but Great Britain and Canada were not really you know, expected to be top dogs. Those. So I'm going to say I'm disappointed. I'm not disappointed that they're worse than Canada because Canada had Freddie Freeman. Freddie Freeman is a out-of-this-world player. I'm disappointed that they lost to Great Britain with some of the worst jerseys in the world on. Aerial uh, the T literally fell off of the guy's jersey. I made that joke earlier, but I, I, I need to comment on it again. The jerseys were atrocious. I couldn't make better ones on custom ink. Like, why? Why would you? So yeah, I'm disappointed that they lost to Great Britain without Jazz Chisholm or Lucius Fox or any any of the players that I can actually name that could have been on the team. Trace Thompson did pretty well. Trace, Tom, Trace Thompson was Trace the Thompson only one. Balled he was out. The only yep. one, and he balled out against the U.S. It was. Okay. So you represent. So you represent the Dodgers shirt. Show I'm representing Trey Turner. Show, you have is, Dodgers on he the is front. my no name on the front. Ow. Name on the front means more than the name it's on the back. The name on the name on the back is more important. It's not okay. even full focus. <laughs> <laughs> Trey. Um but yeah, that's that's what I'm I'm disappointed that they lost to a team and now they Columbia has to like re enter to get into the next one, right? Like Great yeah. Britain's in next time. Like like you like why? How does that work? I think I think just the bottom one has to requalify. I think that's like oh. a four stay. I, I thought if, if I like, know, I, I could be completely wrong. I could be completely wrong. How do um, you? How do you take a screenshot? How do you World Baseball Classic? Um, but yeah, that's that's what I'm. I'm disappointed that they were worse than Great Britain. Canada has their stars. Do the they though? British, Freddie, British, British. Tom. Okay, yeah, you're right. It's the top four. So China. Taiwan, Colombia, and Nicaragua all have to try again, like yeah. qualify again. So you're allowing Great Britain to compete in the 2026 World Baseball Classic. I don't – if they have worse jerseys somehow, then they need to be kicked out just for that. But we will wait until 2026. Put Stabs on it. Let, that, let him make their jerseys. Um, I, literally, let anyone actually, make their jerseys. Stabs can make a nice jersey. I, can, um, I, I have a decent eye. And then the last pool was Pool D, which was by far the most interesting. There was three real powerhouses here in Venezuela, Puerto Rico, and the Dominican Republic. It was really surprising. Venezuela, like we talked about it in the preview, that Venezuela might be very good. They took everyone by storm. They went 4-0. They beat everyone. Puerto Rico, Dominican, they beat up on you know the other teams. They both were 2-1, and one, and then it came into the final game. 61% of Puerto Ricans watched that game, but Johnny Cueto got railed. He, he got smacked around in the second inning. Julio Rodriguez made a huge, huge error, allowed for Lindor to hit an inside-the-park home run. Just trying to refresh that in your brains. So you guys are thinking about that. And then Juan Soto hits this mammoth home run. Juan Soto looked really good. Juan Soto looked really freaking good. And then bases loaded, no outs, huge situation. Manny Machado up the plate. You couldn't write it more perfect for the Dominican. You're down three, or you're down four. Opportunity to tie it up. He just hits the ball right into the ground, double play. They score one, and Puerto Rico gets out of it. And then we go to the ninth inning of that game, still Dominican, Puerto Rico, 5-2 Puerto Rico. The trumpets are playing. Edwin Diaz, yeah, go team. You know, and Edwin Diaz comes in. He strikes out Cattell Marte. He strikes out Gene. And then Tasker Hernandez has a great at-bat, and Diaz just 
He strikes him out. We're all jumping up and down, celebration, well, who we win. And then his knee just dies. Like he's on the floor. His brother's crying. What's going on? The camera's being bad. I think it literally cuts a commercial or something. Probably the Whopper commercial, dude. Yeah, they, they <laughs> love starting a commercial. The, the camera angles were horrible. I, I had no idea what was going on. Along with probably everyone at home, no one had an idea of what was happening. Um, yeah. But basically... This is where the speculation started about, you know, it's not worth playing in the World Baseball Classic because you could get injured. But this is – this could happen while he's wa- this could happen while he's walking down the stairs at his house. I mean, this is clearly a, a freak accident, you know. This isn't something that's just going to happen normally. He's aggressively like, playing Where's Waldo, and he's just like, where's my kneecap? My kneecap. Yeah. He was literally jumping. Like, he could literally – He wasn't even had, jumping. He was he didn't even start he jumping was, yet. When he, when he got – no, when he got hurt, he was jumping. Ah, uh, he jumped once. Like, when they, they ran into him, and he was kind of, like, stone-faced, kind of just standing there, which he should have kept doing, I guess. But – and then and then everyone – like, more people came, and then he started jumping. Like, literally, that could have happened at home. He could have, like, jumped, like, to get out of bed or something, and his knee could have just fallen off. Like, there's there's nothing to it, right? Now, the, the Jose Altuve one, yeah, I can understand that one. But – even he was like this. I did this knowing the risk, which it sucks for the Mets. The Mets curse is real, but he do it. He did it knowing the risk, and he did it because he cares about his national pride. And he went out there and gave it his all for his nation. Yeah, and two points. One, the Altuve injury could have happened in spring training game. It could have happened in spring. Yeah, because but, like I mean, it's a fastball off the hand. It could take anywhere. And the other point is like you mentioned that Mets curse. Brendan Nimmo got hurt the next day after criticizing. Yeah, but, yeah, and he was he was yeah, like Tom said, he was one of the people that was like, uh, the World Baseball Classic's not worth it, blah, 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 blah. It, it's just gonna cause more injuries. And then he literally like what did he do? He, he like sprained his ankle or something. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, and so I mean he, he he's probably be fine. He'll be back yeah. probably by opening day. Yeah. Um but like I, again, injuries are gonna happen. Like the Nats had like seven injuries in one game. Like I wanted the game to end so fast, but I mean anything's anything's gonna happen. It's it's a it's a game. You're going out there to play. Injuries happen. It's part of the game. It sucks. It does. But hopefully, Edwin Diaz can come back stronger in in the 2024 season. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, it's like the argument that they're making is like it's equivalent to like let me just let me just sit out of the the postseason so that I can, you know, give my strongest 162 next season. It, it's a it's a bad argument because you, you're playing in something that means the same to, to some people, you know, and it, it, it some people compare the World Series to the World Baseball Classic trophy. I wouldn't yet, but, you know, it, it's later on, it's, getting, it's definitely approaching, you know. So it's something that's like you can't just miss it, you know. So – to compare the two, right, the, the World Series trophy, it's a grueling. You play through 162 games, and then you have to go through the playoffs just to get to the trophy. So it's a it's a little different in that way. The World Baseball Classic one is two weeks of intensity, of just straight intense gameplay for two weeks to pay off and win your nation something that you have literally worked your whole life for. And so that's that's the comparison of the two. So it's what you value more, right? You working for 162 plus games over a long, long grueling six month period, or two weeks of the most intense baseball you will ever play. For pride, though, like for pride, I can understand the argument for pitchers. In all honesty, 
for hitters, there's it's just you can literally just go there to get BP. You get live at bats. Like there's no difference between it's would you rather have low stress spring training games where you don't have the adrenaline putting yourself in pressure situations, or would you rather put yourself against the best in the world and test yourself to start the season? To start the season. Like you're gonna see some of the best pitching you're gonna see all year. No one's gonna see Roki Sasaki the rest of the season. Unless you faced him in that game, you've seen one of the best arms in the world already. There's a yeah, test for I mean, batters right there. Yeah. I want Sasaki. I mean, yeah. Is he 21? Is Sasaki yeah, 20. 21? Yep. Wait, is he 20 or 21? 21. He was okay. born November 3rd, 2001. 21. 21. 21. All right. Uh, Quarterfinals. All right. Uh, I'll talk about the we'll talk about the two kind of more lackluster games. Uh Australia and Cuba. Uh it was a good game, but Australia ultimately falls three to two. Um and then uh Japan versus Italy was kind of just Japan kind of showing how much of a powerhouse they were. Um they ended up winning that game, I think. What was it, nine to three? Um I mean I, I mean the two games, there's really not much to say. Uh Australia really tried. Um they kind of went out and gave their all. Um, it was just wasn't enough to beat Cuba. They kind of showed again. They showed out in the world in this World Baseball Classic. Um, and then in Japan versus Italy, uh, Otani pitched amazingly. Uh, Ito and Ima, Im, Imanaga both pitched phenomenally as well. Um, and Vinny P went zero for three with a walk. He did not play very well. Uh, but Dominic Fletcher did pitch well. He's a Triple A prospect for the Diamondbacks, so maybe you can you Diamondbacks fans can kind of see a little bit more of him. And then the two games that were like, oh my God, here we go. We got Mexico and Puerto Rico, which I'll highlight instead. You'll talk USA Venezuela. I'm excited. Uh, yes. So Mexico Puerto Rico, another fantastic game, right? Julius Arias struggled in the first inning. Uh, let up a huge home run, and then he settles down. What an ace would do, you know? You might let up a, a run or two in the first inning, but you settle in, you control the game. That's what aces do. Mexico's bullpen comes in, and they combine for five scoreless innings with five strikeouts after them. Marcus Stroman on the other side for Puerto Rico actually performed, like, fairly decently. Uh, two runs over four and a third, not the best, but given what the circumstances, it wasn't horrible. Uh, Alexis Diaz comes in, Edwin Diaz's brother, the day after Edwin goes down, and he gives her three runs on a hit without tallying a single out. Uh, rough day, rough 24 hours for the Diaz brothers. I uh, kind of think it'd be like a revenge tour, like here we go, was not. Uh, Puerto Rico came out scorching, uh, sack fly, two-run homer, and Rosario had a solo shot. This is against Arias in the first inning. And Mexico comes back, and they start to chip away, chip away, chip away. They score on they score another in the bottom of the fifth inning with a Verdugo single, three in the seventh on a two-run Isak Brady single and a Luis Reyes single. And then Mexico just they controlled the game after that. There really wasn't much looking back. No, there really wasn't. Um again, Mexico just it felt like they wanted it through and through. And I think uh Hulerius again, like you said, rough outing, but uh he settled in. Mexico bullpen kind of took care of the rest after Julio kind of gave up the uh, kind of gave up the ball and and they they took care of business. Yeah, they really didn't give up. I mean, they kind of just 
were consistently going at it. I mean, even after going down early, that's kind of a common theme with their team. I mean, they really, you know, fight all nine innings. I mean, yeah. it's true. They, they <laughs> proved that. I think they proved that their pool play wasn't a fluke. No, it, it not wasn't at all. some, oh, we just accidentally beat the United States, whatever. They came out and beat one of the best teams in the tournament in Puerto Rico. All right, you want to says you got you Let's got your it. game. Okay, uh, okay. So U.S. comes out hot with a trout single. Um, Vet scored on via a Acuna throwing error, and then a Goldie single and a Tucker single. Uh, Venezuela immediately responds with a rise two run shot. Of Top of the fourth, Betts hits a sack fly, uh, scoring Schwarber to extend the lead. Uh, and top of the fifth, Tucker homers to add some insurance. That insurance was needed um, as Daniel Bard literally could not control his pitches uh, and wound up hurting someone. That someone was being Jose Altuve, hits him in the hand, breaks his right thumb. He's out for about eight to 10 weeks or about two months. Um, he looked bad from the start. Literally, as soon as he came out, he, he looked terrible. Um, and he ended up giving up four runs on one hit. Um, it lit a fire, that, that injury lit a fire under Venezuela. Um, after a bases loaded walk to Santander, he would allow three more runs to an Arias fielder's choice, a Perez double, and an Acuna sack fly. Two inning later, uh, Arias would add yet another run on a solo shot, making it 7-5 Venezuela. But then, with the bases loaded in the bottom of the eighth, up walks Trey Turner. Trey Turner would hit what he believes to be the most important home run of his career and the loudest he's ever heard of ballpark, hitting a grand slam that would seal Venezuela's fate. Trey Turner becomes Captain America and my presidential election candidate. Yeah, so I was uh, like creamed when that happened. I was, I was, I think I was driving me. back. I was driving back from the movies. Oh, well, you weren't with me. I was not with you. I was driving back from the movies and I was, I, I got like a notification that the bases were loaded and Trey Turner was coming up and I literally watched it and I freaked out in the car. I, it was, I, I mean, it was literally amazing. It was an amazing experience for anyone watching. Can I tell you my experience? <laughs> I don't, I don't want to know. We were, we were all, we were with everyone, right? Yeah. And we're all sitting down and we got, we got, we got baseball watchers and we got basketball watchers. And, you know, March Madness is on. So we're flipping between channels, right? And March Madness is like, get to like one minute left in the game. So we flip over to March Madness. And then, and then as soon as March Madness goes to commercial, we flip back to the game. And as soon as we flip back to the game, the lights are flashing. Trey Turner's running around the base. And everyone like starts jumping up and down. It was like, oh my God. Yeah, that was just like, I mean, and then like we all got mad at the person, you know, controlling the TV. That's fine though. I didn't miss the home run. I, I watched the end of it. I just didn't see the actual contact. Lame. <laughs> uh, I think that kind of like set the precipice. Like US, I think that's when they were like, yeah, we're we're back. They kind of they stumped Venezuela. And the whole Daniel Bard meltdown. Let me say, I had a plethora of tweets that I had to say. I believe one of them was my I, I'm gonna quote this exactly so I don't misquote it. But I basically was like, Daniel Bard should not be in the game. Like, he broke Altuve's hand, and he can't control high velocity. I said, quote, nothing makes my butthole tighter than watching Daniel Bard pitch in the World Baseball Classic. If, if For those watching or listening, that just means he's very uncomfortable watching Daniel <laughs> Bard pitch. 
yeah. as was I. It it was not a good outing from him. I mean, that's an extremely common Rockies L. Um, I mean, he's a good pitcher. We all know that. But sometimes you just don't have a night. You don't have your night. And they, they should have pulled the plug way sooner or at least, you know, tried to do something there. I mean, I think I think Mark DeRosa did, I mean, about as good as a job as a first-time coach really can do. Um, I mean, he kind of got a, I mean, he got a wake-up call by Mookie Betts. And he, Mookie was like, manage like it's game seven of the World Series every night because it is. And he, I think he did, he did a much better job from that point on. Um, I think after you kind of see a couple pitches from Bard and you see how wild he is and how erratic he is, I think you kind of need to, you need to step in, you need to put in a new guy. Um, but again, you also have to wait for that guy to warm up and stuff like that. So there are more things at play, but I think Mark DeRosa did for a first time manager did a pretty good job. I disagree. I, I disagree. He well. was a piss poor manager. Um, I'm saying, I'm not saying he was a good manager. He's I'm like saying, Dave Roberts does. He's we'll, talk, saying, we'll talk about it. I'm saying it. as a, as a first time manager. When that happened, Dave Roberts was literally trending on Twitter. When he didn't take Daniel Bard yes. out of the game, Dave Roberts was turning on Twitter. I wonder why you got a you got a horrible coach with a with a god team, and then I, you, I mean you can't. It, he's never been in a regular season. He's he's never been a manager before, so you can't really expect him to know what to do. And this guy's been watching right baseball things, right? for fifty years, dude. I mean, yeah, but I mean, even you, you say you would do one thing, and then when you're in the moment, you kind of want to give your guy the benefit of the doubt. There's it's just it's just a different sensation of actually being in the moment. Yeah. And so we'll go chronological order for the semifinals. United States versus Cuba, right? You know, we expected offense from both sides, and we got offense from the United States. I think this is where it proved that pool A was just a joke. Like, I mean, yeah. They got handled. USA wins this game, I think it was 14 to 1, 14 to 2. Two, yeah. Probably Daniel Bard. I, I didn't even. Um, I didn't even really tune into that one. Yeah, I watched that one. And I, I, Wainwright I I pitched okay. Wayne, watching Wainwright pitch like that one was also like butthole clinching. Michael has pitched pretty well. Loop closed out the game. Every single Cuban pitcher gave up a run. Uh, Stevs wrote on the notes. It looked like the Washington Nationals. Uh, Cuba started it off with a bases loaded walk by Despagne. USA responded and they didn't look back because Paul Goldschmidt hit a bomb, Trey Turner hit a bomb, Alonzo had a big hit. I think that might have been his only hit of the whole tournament. For real. Uh, Timothy, otherwise known as Tim Anderson, gets a sack fly. Arenado triples. Arenado getting a triple is impressive as it is because he's got slow legs. Uh, Schwarber walks to walk in a run. The United States just stab, stab, stab. Oh, he's dead. Stab, stab, stab. He's still dead. Ah, he's you killed him to death. Um, <laughs> um, like it's just how the rest of the game went. Um, so they scored in every inning except for where did I put it? Hold the on. Six. I was like, they decided not to score in the in in the seventh. So I, I didn't I didn't say I meant yeah, I meant to say seventh. They decided not to score in the seventh, but obviously Cedric Mullins did not get the memo when he stepped up in the eighth and he had a solo home run. He they didn't score in the seventh or the ninth. Those were the only two innings they did not score. Like they were mid, on. That's probably where they lost. Boo. <laughs> I mean, I I think uh, you you made that you make that comment. It's probably where they lost. It probably is. They probably were fatigued from after you like go off like that. You kind of like got to recuperate. Played two days before the virus. Got to recuperate, man. Anyways, what happened in that that arguably the best game of the tournament? 
Uh, okay, I'll do it because Tom can't do it. Um, like we said, probably the best World Baseball Classic game that we have watched. Um, at least in this one, if not of all time. Um, Sasaki was very good. Out of twenty pitches, he threw nineteen over a hundred miles an hour. Out of twenty uh, fastballs. Twenty fastballs. fastballs. My apologies. He didn't throw I, twenty fastballs in a row, Steve. He threw, he threw twenty fastballs in a row. Now, really uh, Sandoval also pitched incredibly on the other side of the ball. Um, now, Randy is a very fun player to watch. Uh, he is very confident, uh, is very clutch, but when he was talking about what he expected from Roki Sasaki, he said for him to lose, uh, very confident, very cocky. Um, and I think it kind of bit him in the butt here. Um, yes. It could have meant that he thought he was going to lose. No, he does not. He thought Roki Sasaki was going to lose. Take that out of context. No, it's not. It literally says, what do you expect from Roki <clears throat> Sasaki for him to lose? Yeah, How are you like gonna... expecting that of yourself towards him? No, he that doesn't make it no sense. God, that makes zero sense. No, maybe Tom. Randy just wanted to give him a hug. Yes, yeah, so there's hugs. Xander Bogart. Um, <laughs> okay, so through three innings, it was a pitcher's duel. Rokisaki was slanging, and Sandoval was slanging right back. Um, uh, but Luis Urias in the bottom <laughs> or in the top of the fourth finally gets Rokisaki with a three-run bomb. Uh, in the bottom of the fifth, Okam- Okamoto. Uh, hit what looked like to be a home run, but was robbed at the wall by Randy or Rosarina. He was literally just having fun at it. Like he was just making autographs, signing autographs and stuff, and and doing all the things. Um, Japan finally does respond though in the bottom of the seventh with a Masataka Yoshida three-run bomb. Tom finally top ten left fielder in baseball. Left fielder. How many games has he played in Major League Baseball? He's played a he bunch of World Baseball League Classic. Competition, I'm telling you. Yep. Um, who did he hit it off of, Tom? I actually don't remember. <laughs> yeah. um, Wait, no, never mind. Okay, I thought, uh, I thought it was Gallegos. Never mind. No, that, was the, was, that was the later one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Mexico immediately responds with a Verdugo double, scoring Randy in a Parada single, giving them a five to three ye- lead. Uh, Yamakawa would hit a sacrifice fly in the bottom half of that inning, uh, ha- cutting the deficit in half, making it five to four. Um, but after a Shohei double and a Masataka Yoshida walk. Up came Munitaka Murakami. Uh, he is the Japanese Babe Ruth. Uh, and he hit 56 home runs uh, in the MPB last season. Um, and he was relatively cold throughout the entirety of the World Baseball Classic. Um, but he came up and he hit an absolute piss missile of a double walking off the uh, Mexican team. Also, uh, uh, Yukio Shuto is extremely fast. Like he almost caught up to Shohei Otani. Who Shohei that's a, Otani? Yeah, that's an important. That's an important thing. Incredibly fast. But Yukio Shuto almost, That is true. Uh, Ukio Shuto is extremely fast, and he almost caught up to to Shohei. Um, I also would like to add that um, he is not. Sh- I from reports that I saw, he's not sure if he's going to want to come to the league at all, or they're not sure if he wants to come to the MLB at all. Um. But in my Nats rebuild this year, I will be putting him on the team when he comes of age. I mean, the fact that he's doing this at this young is crazy. I mean, he's, he's what? He's 23. I'm 23. Say. He's a freak of nature, man. I mean, I mean, I know this is the Japanese league, but who under the age of 25 has hit 50 home runs before? You can't even say it's the Japanese league. Japan, Japanese baseball is incredibly competitive. They just won the damn thing. It, uh, yeah, I know. Exactly. That's so, like, it, it's, it's just, it's, just as competitive in Japan than it is here. Same with the KBO. It's like just as competitive. 
Uh, don't hit me with that. You just got. Uh-huh. <laughs> I I was like, there is nothing that is going to match this. And then the next day happened. <laughs> it was literally the next day. I mean, the back-to-back content was crazy. Steps, I know you really want to talk about the trade thing because that happened immediately out of the gate. Would you like me to? Are we talking? Yeah, you, going you, on? you are that guy. You just, you just got to say one sentence. Would you like me to say the sentence? I hit. Say I, it, I Stavs. Daddy Turner gets the party started at the top of the second with a solo shot. I was not going to say that, um, <laughs> but obviously uh, Murakami was riding off with some of the steam from yesterday, and they responded immediately. Um, that ball got. That so ball much. was hit so hard, harder than the one yesterday or the day before. I mean. And it was it was just amazing. And Newbar grounded into a fielder's choice, which ended up in another run. Okamoto did not get robbed by Randy Rosarena and hit a solo shot two innings later. Uh, Schwarbaum had one of the best at bats I've seen in a while. He hit like <laughs> six. He hit six balls in like behind him. I'm like, how is this guy <laughs> even doing this? And then I'm like, certainly he won't. I I literally typed this in the group <laughs> chat. I can look at the receipts. Hold on. You literally, really- he literally he literally went. Uh, hit a ball fair challenge hard mode. Yeah, and then, I was, and I was then he hit a bomb him. the next pitch. I I literally sent that as it as it came off the bat, and it was it was very, yeah, it was it was very like oh, it was so clutch. And now that adds to his resume. He now has a home run in all of the other ones, and now the World Baseball Classic final. Um, that's just another thing on that resume. It's crazy. He needs semi and quarter still. Yeah, yeah he's got to get his game up. Where is it? The Kyle Schwarber home run was hit 110. Otani's single was hit 114. And the hardest hit ball of the game was the Murakami home run at 115. God. That ball that ball got out in a hurry. Like, he hit it, and I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. I think later in that game, you haven't gotten it to yet. You, when you get to it, I'll talk about it. Okay. Um. So, everyone at this point is sweating. It's, it's three to two. We got a very close game, and you know, you got Shohei jogging back and forth. You know, is he going to actually close the game or he's just getting cardio, just having a good time? No, he's in the bullpen. He's warming up. It's happening. Everyone gets the notification on their phone. Shohei is warming up. He's coming in the game. And Mike Trout is set to go third step. Brad, go ahead. I want to see how many people tuned into that game at that moment when the Shohei is in notification came up. Like within the minute, how, and the Shohei is in, Trout is due up third. How many people tuned in? Probably the entire population of Anaheim, along with the entire population of Japan, along with every single baseball fan. 97.3% of Japan's TVs were tuned in to watch Otani strike out Trout. Well, that's a bit of a spoiler for what's about to happen, but... already um, talked about it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Shohei comes in the game. um, Just... So he... Wait, who walked? Was it... Oh, it was Jeff Jeff McNeil walks. And Mookie bets up, and I'm I'm over here worrying. I'm I, I'm rooting for USA, but I'm also rooting for you know a Shohei legacy, right? So I'm like I'm so conflicted at this moment. And his future teammate Mookie Betts grounds into a double play, helping a brother out. Uh, there's two outs now. Mike Trout is at the plate. So this is the game on the line here. This is the matchup we've all been waiting for, and we've already covered it. This kind of circles back to where we began on this podcast. One of the best moments ever in, in baseball in my life uh, it was one of the greatest moments they're playing music they're playing music man i've never seen that before that was just crazy to me man um and it was you, you can't hit 100 miles an hour fastball and then one of the best sliders with like a foot of movement it, it, it was more than that i mean 
Probably, probably more than that. There's 19 inches of horizontal break. Oh my god. I mean, he so they they were covering on RPM mode and, and how starting pitchers usually go into this, you know, like mode where you want to last longer, like guys that go deeper into games, starting pitchers in general. But when a starting pitcher comes out of the bullpen, they're in this quote RPM mode that they were talking. You guys, do you guys hear about that yesterday? Yeah. So he's I'm obviously trying to ramp him up. And I was a little bit worried at first. Obviously, he was struggling with control. They talked about him struggling with control in the bullpen, too, as he was warming up. But I think he touched 102 with some crazy cut, and then obviously it missed. But hitting 103 times and then that nasty slider that couldn't have been placed perfectly. I It, it was it, it was literally the perfect slider, in my opinion. You couldn't have put it anywhere else. Um, And it was a perfect sequence, too. Everything about that at bat was perfect. I, I'm shaking just thinking about it, man. I'm, I'm just... I was on my I was on I was on my feet like this man I was, I was standing up, it was it was perfect. Do you guys have any other comments on that? I know we've already talked about it. Um, I want to say Hideki Kuriyami, who's the the manager of of Team Japan. He was he said watching that at bat, uh, made him think about how great baseball truly is. Like like it was literally picture perfect. You like we've talked about could not script anything better. You gotta put that on and, picture and it happened. or something. Yeah, I literally it's it's my background. Yeah, uh, really? I don't. I don't. It's my back. It's perfect. Wait, what you wait? Does show? I literally sent it in the group chat. Oh, the, oh my god! The the That's awesome. Yeah, I like that. It's it's literally my iPad background. I'm trying to find the Otani quote from the beginning before the game yesterday. He basically he hyped up his oh, team. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember. He this. was giving the speech. And he basically, he obviously he gave it in Japanese, so it had to be translated. And the way I'm trying to find it exactly, so I don't misquote it. I think I think I think I can find it faster. Okay, while you guys are talking about that, on a similar note, I want to talk about one of my favorite celebrities of this of this. Uh, nope, I got to get it off first. One of my favorite celebrities of this World Baseball Classic, Shohei Otani's interpreter. I love this guy. <laughs> he is so great. I love how he gets. Because every every time they're interviewing Shohei, everyone's going crazy. It's so loud, and so every time he goes up to Ken, he he puts his head down like this, like Ken's asking him a question, and he bends over. He's like, "What? What are you guys saying?" What so I think guy? that's partially. That I think that's partially because he's trying to get closer, and partially because he's trying to not block Shohei. He's trying to like get under the camera so that way they can still see Shohei. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. By the way, I love the guy. Steph, go ahead with the quote. So Shohei said, let's stop admiring Team USA. If you admire them, you can't surpass them. We came here to surpass them, uh, to reach the top. For one day, let's throw away our admiration for them and just think about winning. They did just that. They did they, exactly yeah. that. Before Only one man up, can stop the U.S. I it, want it was to point Shohei. out the fact that the hardest hit ball the entire tournament was hit by Shohei Otani. The fastest thrown pitch was thrown by Shohei Otani. Shohei Otani ran a 4.1 from home to first. That's elite. This tournament, it did so many great things. It showcased baseball. It grew baseball. It made people passionate. It made people who don't care about baseball tune in and be like, you know what? I have to watch this game because I'm going to miss something out. Stav said it made him, it made him feel things in some places in his body where he doesn't normally feel things. I get that. Baseball I feel doesn't. that. Exactly. I get that. <laughs> and, and, and not only not only that, but 
but Shohei won. They did the um all world baseball classic team. He made the he made the all world baseball classic pitcher and all world baseball classic DH. He made both of them. That's that's that just doesn't that just doesn't happen. The World Baseball Classic was perfect. It showcased our best players in the world. It made people excited about baseball. We cared. We wanted to be there. We, I, I was jealous of people that got to go and watch this live. I wanted to be a part of those crowds. It made everyone want to be a part of those crowds. And that's what baseball should be. It makes you want to be there in the moment, to experience it, to not be on your phone, to see everything going on, to celebrate with people, to spend your whole day excited to watch a game. I, ha- I don't remember the last time I've spent my entire day waiting to watch a baseball game. I know I've been looking forward to it, but my whole day, the two times the USA played in the semifinals and the finals, all I wanted to do was watch that game that day. That's what the World Baseball Classic did. And that's what MLB needs to capitalize on going into the season. And baseball will grow back into where it's supposed to be. And it'll it'll be the three-headed monster, basketball, football, and the best sport in the world, baseball. Thank you all for listening to the 4A Baseball Podcast. If you want to interact with us at all, all sorts of medias will be in the link in the description below. We will see you all next time on the 4A Baseball Podcast. Peace. Stew!